0: We were uh talking about Paul Christ and uh the Wisconsin football team, they have not scored a touchdown in seven quarters of football. If you watch the Northwestern game, ugly. Uh the, what, that was the first quarter where uh Graham Mertz hit Chimray DK and then it all went downhill from there. Yep. If you watched against uh Indiana, wasn't wasn't pretty. Paul Christ coming out yesterday to say that it's been Joe Rudolph calling the plays all year. My question is Paul Christ, you are so good at what you do. You're a great offensive mind. You're a guru at offense. Why why give up, RJ and Nelly? Why give up play calling if it's something that is, you know, a little – you're ace in the hole, something that you got up your sleeve that you're good at. Why give up the play calling to Joel Rudolph? Is he trying to help him get, like, experience to get a head coaching job somewhere? I, Would that be it? I don't know, but it, it just makes no sense.
1: Um if he's saying it's to have, you know, input across the board, I don't think he's doing much to help play calls on the defensive side of the ball. No. So um, could
0: could we say, hey, Chris, how about you take those uh, play call duties back?
1: Yeah, and usually when you see a a, a coach do that, whether they were a offensive or defensive coordinator, they give up the play calling because something's going wrong on the opposite side of the ball, and the whole team needs needs their head coach. And, you know, as, as a whole, yes, the head coach is needed. Yes. But, I but mean... He's so good at calling plays. I feel like that's your bread and butter. Right. Even when he was calling plays as the head coach... It's not like he was missing anything. He was still standing on the sideline. You know, it, he yeah. wasn't going back and making the adjustments with, with the the team, so he could see what was going on. And that's all you really need to do. Uh, you have a headset on, you can listen to the stuff going on, and you can talk about it while you're sitting there, being focused sure. on the defensive side of the ball too. Um, Disappointing what, when when you give it up. I mean, that's probably more or less. Of well, like, him okay. thinking he's not doing enough for the
0: team. Okay, so Matt, I mean, not to compare pros with college, but Matt Nagy for the Bears gave up play calling because of how bad their offense was. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't, if I remember correctly, the offense for the Wisconsin Badgers has been very good in the past with Paul Chris calling the plays. Yes. And if Joel Rudolph was calling the plays all year, which Paul Chris said he was, I mean, they look good against Illinois and they look good against Michigan.
2: What happened? The difference between people have
0: been looking good against Illinois. Is that what it is?
2: The difference between Matt Nagy and Paul Chris though is one guy firmly has the job, the other guy's on the hot seat. (laughs) Matt Nagy gave away his play calling so that he could give it to a guy that was worse at play calling than himself. So, therefore, when the play calling and the offense got even worse, he could come in as the savior and say, oh, come here, give me the play calling back. We'll go from being second worst team in the NFL (laughs) to third. And then he'll try and save his job for one more year. So that was like a little, well, I'll come in and save it. We'll get a little bit better and see we're working towards next year. You're going to get us a quarterback. We're going to have a healthy guy, and we're going to get better. Look at what we did three years ago.
0: Okay, so... (laughs) Paul (laughs) Chris doesn't have that
2: excuse.
3: No,
0: he doesn't. (laughs) Illinois... Is two and four. Michigan is two and four. The Badgers, those are the two teams the Badger have beaten. That's a collective four and eight record for the two teams. A lot of people are tuning up Michigan and Illinois. Is Wisconsin even any good this
2: year? Well, that was the thing. Like coming into this year, the defense is. You already knew that the Big Ten had to be perfect because they screwed the pooch with scheduling and they did that on purpose. Don't forget that. Never forget it. But when you when you had to be perfect, you came out and you lit up Illinois. Then you had COVID, and obviously you were ducking Nebraska and Purdue. Obviously. Allegedly. Allegedly. Even though both those teams are pretty average.
4: <laughs>
2: and then you, you light up Michigan, who's having one of their worst years in a while. They're terrible. And then you look terrible against Northwestern and Indiana. Two teams that are decent. Two teams that deserve to be ranked in the top 20.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And... I just don't understand in a season where you had to be perfect why you would all of a sudden give up play calling either. I don't get I don't understand. Especially because one loss and with, with cancellations and everything like that, one loss could mean your season is essentially over for anything meaningful. All right. Yeah. Do you, so they're gonna play Iowa this week. If they play Iowa this week and lose, two should and they be in a bowl at two and three? I don't think so. If, even if you win and go three and two what kind of bowl do you want to go well, to? Well, I
0: mean against against you know, the game against Indiana, did the Badgers even look interested in being I know the uh, the defense did, but did the Badgers even look interested in being out there? No, they didn't no.
2: even look like they wanted to be there. No, it, it it just looked like, oh, yeah, here we go again. And Iowa, Iowa is not a bad football team. They just don't have a good quarterback. And Iowa's 5-2. and two. If Iowa had Nate, a Nate Stanley-type quarterback this season, they probably would have won the West. Yeah. Iowa started 0-2. They've
0: now won five straight. They Iowa's have looking a, pretty high. They
2: have a good roster. They have a good offense, defensive line. They have a solid defense. They have a good run game. They're literally just missing a quarterback. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, here's more comments from Paul Chris and why he gave up the play calling. To Joel Rudolph.
5: There was a lot of time spent in the offseason as we're getting ready for it, where you weren't able to do all the, in my opinion, necessary homework and, and preparation where your time needed to be spent. And also that combined with the, the trust and confidence that I have in Joe and the offensive staff.
1: See, that, that makes absolutely no sense to me as a coach. Even it, like I said, if you were laid off, it doesn't mean you stop working. Yeah, I mean you can't. If you you know that you're still coming back, uh, you're especially as a coordinator, you know you're coming back.
0: Yeah. Uh. Let's see. J D and M S N just messaged me, and uh, J D says he says sure. Davis has been out, but Joe isn't as creative as Paul was against Illinois when Joe was out. Illinois was a game where you didn't know what Bucky was going to do. You could almost set your watch by what they do now.
2: I feel like under Chris, they ran a lot. I know they still run a lot of motion, but they ran a lot of pre-snap motion and a lot more jet sweeps.
0: Yeah,
1: and you don't see... Do we see the... a jet sweep like in Indiana?
2: Well, I mean, they probably didn't want to try it when you had uh, receivers that were out again this, yeah, against <laughs> Indiana. When they, they tried to run jet sweeps, uh, sometimes the receiver wouldn't uh, keep it in there.
1: You also <laughs> didn't see that bunch formation every play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you can say it, they did that because of the personnel. Well, you also, no. Like, you didn't even see that that much against Northwestern. Right. I mean, there there comes a time where... You just have to put your hands up and say, I can't do
0: this. Okay, so Or, Paul, hey, Paul, I need some input here. Yeah, Paul Christ was asked the question, like, because they're playing a lot of young guys, like, is playing young an excuse for the poor offensive play? Here's more from
5: Chris. I think it ends up being a, a lot of that, you know, playing against good defenses. Anytime you turn the ball over, that makes it a little bit harder. You know, there's some positions that there are some you know guys getting a lot of snaps, or you know we're leaning on them. That there's some learning going on while we're playing. And with all that being said, though, I think it does come down to we still have opportunities, and that shouldn't be, and don't want to have any type of an excuse. Heck, some of
1: it could be you're playing a receiver. That's my height. <laughs> Right, and you know what? Don't sell yourself short like that. Jack Dunn is a good player, but
0: I mean, don't sell yourself short like that, Arj.
2: Arj, I feel like you could create a lot of separation in a flag football game.
0: <laughs> you're, tena- you're tenacious, dude. I, I want to see a lot I of got, little. I got two in
1: trouble for flag
0: guarding. <laughs> <laughs> I so you see can't it,
1: flag guard. <laughs>
2: I want to see a lot of bubbles, a lot of arrows, and a lot of crossing patterns. <laughs> <laughs> potentially some rub routes
0: um i want to play from chris we were talking about you know iowa and how it looked like it's indiana the badgers offense was just going through the motions like they didn't care uh chris says hey they're grateful though to play iowa nice opportunity
5: we understand oh, yes. what this game you know, just the opportunity to play iowa means yes, playing against a very good football team every game is going to be a, a tough game it's going to be a physical game We've talked all season about being grateful for the opportunity to play. And we have that. We have that. And we have the opportunity to play against a a really good team.
1: Was there three opportunities in there
5: or four? I think there's three.
1: Yeah, definitely
0: three. God, I appreciate the opportunity of being able to play those clips of Paul Chris talking about (laughs) appreciating opportunities.
1: I mean, did
0: did he mention the
1: Heartland Trophy at all? Or
0: is it just about being the game? Um, I don't have any clips about the Heartland Trophy. At this point, the cares. only
2: opportunity that they have against Iowa, other than finishing the season, is giving Jalen Berger the football more than 15 times.
0: Oh, my yeah. God. Please give him more than 15 times.
1: That guy's a beast. I mean, 15 carries 87 yards. Uh, 15 carries 97 yards. There should
2: be no reason why he doesn't touch the football 25 times. Right.
1: right.
0: Let's go to the phones really quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got?
3: Good morning, my friend. Hey, Scott,
2: hang
0: on one second. Yeah, who's this?
3: Good
0: morning. Hey, Chad. What's up, brother? I thought. Sorry, man. I thought you were someone else. That's why I left you in a hole for so long. Oh,
3: that's okay. You guys, you guys are having a good conversation. Oh, here.
0: okay. Well, Chad, <laughs> well, uh, will continue the good conversation with us, brother. What's on your mind?
3: I, I think that uh, when he said the complete thing, they're they're disinterested at this point. Like they're just. It really, really it Rogers. really looked
0: like that against Indiana, didn't it? Offensively.
3: Well, I mean, you had like you have Wild Goose deciding to shut it down make himself eligible for the draft. Well, he he actually yeah. had
0: a – Chris admitted to it that he had a season-ending injury. That's why he did it. He wasn't going to play anyway, so there's that.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like, if you're a senior sitting there, you already know that you really can't play for anything. Indiana didn't mean anything to you.
0: Well, that's the thing. After the, after like your games were canceled, you're no longer eligible for the Big Ten title game, and then you have the Big Ten coming out that say they they would still cater to Ohio State, and no one else. And you know, you're just it's a year where you're just like, what am I doing this? I, I can see why players would get disinterested, but it's disheartening.
3: It, it, it is, but I mean, they're human too, right? And you know, like it's just. You're not getting the full college experience. You don't get the game day experience. Energy's flat. I mean, we, we see this in a lot of sports teams in their home stadiums even. They're just flat because yeah. they don't they don't have the juice. I mean, it's amazing that the defense has played still as well as they have. Hey, the
0: defense has brought their own juice. I think the offense forgot.
3: Yeah, it, it, I mean, that's a thing. As for the play calling, I think Paul Christ at the beginning of the year might' have made a calculated decision to say, "Okay, if I get covid, that means that the head coach and the play callers out, maybe we should try to spread some of the wealth around here just for this year, yeah, spread the wealth not the covid
0: spread the wealth, not the covid yeah.
4: Chad. <laughs> yeah so
3: I, 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 I mean that's what i that's what I would do just in a, basically a throwout year like. Everybody was looking at this like, ah, let's go out and do what we can do. So,
0: do you care about Iowa and the Heartland Trophy coming up on Saturday about that game?
3: Hell, hell yeah. Okay, you cool. Got to beat Iowa to a pulp.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. All right, Chad. We'll a our high note right there, baby. Thanks for calling in, man.
3: You bet. See, you, Chad. Got to
2: beat them to a pulp. Well, doesn't it? Doesn't no it feel mercy? Like they've. This is just my opinion. When you talk about Strike First <laughs> being disinterested, and why would the defense still be? Interested in playing extremely well compared to the offense. You look at what they've done on defense. Look at the guys that they're playing and they're kind of letting fly around all the younger linebackers that have a little bit of experience and or guys like Nick Herbig, who are guys that are right out there playing fresh and they're letting them fly around and make plays. Mm -hmm. You have Benton who's in there as a true sophomore who's making plays we named Herbig, he's been out there, a lot of other younger linebackers that have a little bit of experience. They're letting them roam around and do things and be free. And then when you look at the offensive side of the ball, you have Graham Mertz who had the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. And then you have a guy like Jalen Berger, who's your other young spark plug, and you're not giving him the football consistently. Right. You're limiting his carries. And then when you look at the receivers, yes, the two best receivers on the roster have been out, and Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis. But you also have been limiting what uh, Chimray DK has done to out, out on the routes. Yeah, I feel like they're limiting all the young players on offense, while on the other side of the football, they're letting the young players on defense yeah. go out and play. Comments yesterday from Badgers head coach Paul Christ, and he was
0: asked about Jack Cohn and whether we would see Jack Cohn play this week against the Iowa Hawkeyes.
5: Yeah, I think the the number one factor in all this has been kind of where's jack along with his progression you know the last week we made some strides with it you know as we go through this week and and see where he's at thing i appreciate about really jack and 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 all the quarterbacks in that room you can have honest conversations and so i think we got to see how this week goes for jack first and foremost
2: all right so okay i feel like he's leaving the door open a little bit there kind of saying, well, if Graham doesn't play well, you might see Cone.
0: Yeah, here is more from Paul Christ about Jack Cone uh, about his injury and recovering from it.
5: And I think regardless of what's happening, you know, that's that's one huge part of it. And then you kind of you make decisions off of following that that but that's first and foremost. Is he ready to play? Where you can trust it and where you can go out and play. Do not want someone coming off of injury thinking at all about their injury.
0: You guys were right over there? Yeah. I just got a whiff. Was that who was Something that? Something
5: strong. <laughs> was that was that the idea
0: of uh, was that the idea of uh, Graham Mertz being benched and uh, Jack Holmes starting?
1: No, that was the conversation that we had off air.
0: Oh, was that you? Or, was that you, RJ? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come clean and say I was also contributed to that oh, as well. Okay. I think <laughs> the vent must
2: be pushing it my way.
0: Though. Sorry, Rowdy, because I didn't
1: get any of that.
2: Sorry, Rowdy. Um, All right, so do you th- I just got punched in the face no, as I'm listening I, I, to the clip. I really
0: That's, think
2: uh, I apologize.
0: I really RJ, think do you apologize Cone's done. No, no. Well, yeah, we don't apologize in 2020. It's natural. Though. You don't apologize. Yeah, sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. I've, but are we seeing? There's Cone,
1: been worse in here.
0: Yes. Are we seeing Cone play? No. Against the Hawkeyes? Like let's let's say let's you, say Merge struggles he, mightily.
1: No, he'd have to have another Northwestern type performance for
0: Cone to come in. Do you think, I mean, Iowa's a good team. They're 5-2 and two right now. They've won five in a row. You know, it's for the Heartland Trophy. Yeah, another top 50 defense. Top 25 defense. What are expectations on the Badgers, you know, going, going to Iowa? Let's take on the Hawkeyes. I mean, obviously, I want to win. but uh, That should past, be the expectation
2: I, is win. What was your expectation going into the season to win the West? What was your expectation uh, after the Illinois game win, to win, win the West? Win, win. What was your expectation after the Michigan game to win, win the West? What was your expectation uh, after the Northwestern game? Beat Indiana and continue to win out? I don't know why that would change. Yeah, it's, it doesn't change. It, doesn't it definitely change.
0: doesn't. I <laughs> Iowa seems to be playing a little more inspired football than the Wisconsin Badgers, though, offensively. 'Cause they're winning games. Yeah. Badgers Badgers have not scored in seven quarters. It looks you still like abysmal the
1: Badger defensive odds against this Iowa team. Yeah. Um, like Rowdy said, if they had a better quarterback, they'd probably win the West this year.
2: Yeah, they w- they um, would. I mean He lost them some games early in yeah, the season. He
1: lost them their first two games. So this guy has the capability to you make him try to beat you. Um, and I think you have a decent shot of keeping Iowa below 14 points. Yeah. Um, it'll just be interesting to see cause that Iowa defense has started to ramp things up.
2: Yeah. Um, their run games, not too bad, but yep. look at what Wisconsin's defense has done. Wisconsin has been able to get pressure on the quarterback. They've stuffed the run mm-hmm. and overall outside of some penalties have looked pretty good in the secondary.
0: So Wisconsin's defense, and I had the stat yesterday, I'll say it again because it's very impressive, 229.3. That's how many yards per game Wisconsin is giving up on defense. That would be the second-best mark in school history, topped only by the 1951 defense that allowed 154.8 yards per game. Right now, the number one
1: total defense in the NCAA. Yeah, Wisconsin. I mean, and – you know what, no matter what you say, I mean it's divided by 4 games, it's divided by however many games you played. Yeah, other teams have more chances to uh to add to their yard total, but still you're giving up 229 yards per game. You're giving up under 20 like it's 16 points per game.
2: Well, it's impressive as hell from the defense when you can say in a covid-riddled season where you've had starters missing that you're the best team in college division 1 college football defensively. Yeah. And the fact that you're losing games 17 to 7 or you're you're losing games like they did to Indiana, Blah. it just shows how bad the offense has been the last two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
1: and it also shows You don't how even have
2: to say the fact that they've they've scored just one touchdown yeah. in seven quarters. And
1: it shows where a lot of programs are having trouble with their defense, tackling, and coverage and all that, Wisconsin is excelling somehow. Yeah. Um. And you probably have to put that squarely on the shoulders of the defensive coordinator. Let's go to the phones.
2: So, so real quick, yeah, Iowa, like the... they lost their first two games of the season to Purdue and Northwestern, mm-hmm. yet they had more yards in both games than the other teams. Yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin's two losses. It, it literally has come from their quarterback <laughs> losing them football games and not yeah. being good at what he's supposed to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you made an interesting comment yesterday um, and it's, it's something about the Green Bay Packers. There's, there's not enough money to go around for everyone, right? But uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles, we did see this happen.
2: Second and seven. Big running lane and Jones takes off into the secondary and now sprinting down the sideline.
5: Wiggles past McCloud, and he's all the way
3: to the Zone. Not to be tonight
0: A 77-yard run from Aaron Jones to 77 the house.:
6: Seven yards. I mean, what a run, Jim. and Really, we talked.: so there
0: you go. Aaron Jones, sealed, sealing the game with 250 left in the fourth quarter for the Green Bay Packers over the Philadelphia Eagles. And the video I'd played I found well I mean, I played it yesterday too, but Kenny Clark who got paid in full by the Green Bay Packers, took that video on Twitter, retweeted it with a money bag emoji in front of it. Kenny Clark is championing for Aaron Jones to get paid in full by the Green Bay Packers. Kenny Clark got paid. We just saw David Bakhtiari get paid. And now there are some questions for the Packers as Aaron Jones is up. Jamal Williams is up. Kevin King is up. And what, Corey Lindsley is up. My question to you, as Kenny Clark is now championing on Twitter, should the Packers pay Aaron Jones the big money to keep him wearing the green and gold? He's a running back in today's NFL. He's 26. He's 26.
2: We've seen injury before. You would imagine that the that the Packers keep one of their running backs, right? Yes. Because they have Jamal Williams, obviously, and they have Aaron Jones that contracts are both coming due at the end of the year. They drafted uh, A.J. Dillon and Dexter Williams may or may not still be on the roster. Yes. But they obviously don't want him playing. Yes. And that's been pretty evident. <laughs> uh, so you have three running backs. You obviously just drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round, which a lot of people, a lot of NFL draft experts, thought that was a reach to begin with. Mm-hmm. They projected A.J. Dillon was a third-round running back. Mm-hmm. Packers took him in the second round. Yep. I'd have to imagine you're looking going forward. You're looking to get him the football if you used a second round pick on him. Yep. So I feel like just one of these two guys will be signed. Just one of the Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones will be signed. Okay. I don't know which one because they have a lot of uh, a lot of maneuvering to do with the salary cap and the likes of you already mentioned it. Kevin King is due. Aaron Jones is due. Jamal Williams is due. Corey Lindsley is due. I think we all could say Kevin
0: King is not going to be back with the Green Bay Packers. I, I'm very comfortable and feel safe in saying that. Do you agree?
2: Uh, not hundred percent. Kevin King?
0: He's has now that he's a little healthier, has he been doing a little better to keep him around?
2: I'm not I'm only going to get more money. I'm not saying I personally would keep Kevin King around, but yeah. I'm saying when he's on the field, he's a decent cornerback. And I don't think you'd really have to pay him Top dollar. He might want top dollar, but he's not no one's heath- gonna give him top he's dollar. not healthy enough to receive that type of contract. He's what what do we say coming into this game he'd only or this season he'd only played in 40% forty percent yeah. of potential games at, since he was drafted. That's not a good number. But I could see them bring him back on a cheaper deal, especially if he goes out there, tests free agency and goes, Man, really really no one's giving me the money that I want. I'll well, come back for the Packers for half the money. I mean, how
0: much money do the Packers even have left after giving uh, well, that's Bakhtiari the, thing. the money?
2: They gave Bakhtiari that extension. Kenny Clark they got have more Kenny money. Kenny Clark earlier. that extension. Aaron Rodgers kicks in. His more. kicks in here in the next year or two. So remember when we were talking about this pre Bakhtiari extension? Yeah. We were talking about how. You know, they had Bakhtiari, they had Corey Lindsley, they had Kevin King, and they had Aaron Jones, who were the four bigger players that were coming up due for a contract at the end of the year. And they could probably only sign two of the four. Yeah. Well, they just signed Bakhtiari. That means they got one left. Okay, so. <sighs> is it Aaron Jones? Is it Lindsley? Lindsley is what, 29 ish years old? He's playing some of his best football. He's been an extremely consistent center since the day they drafted him out of Ohio State. I think uh, at one point this year before his injuries, pro football focus had him rated out as the third best center in the NFL. That was when they did all the rankings and every single Packers player was in the top 12 at their position because we were talking about how questionable the line was, but they've all played great. I, I think you could easily do this. You sign... Uh, Corey Lindsley, and you use that 10ish million dollars to sign Corey Lindsley for another contract. You keep your your line intact. Not only do you have a strong front line, but you still continue to have a great um, great depth at the position, and it, it leaves you some more flexibility. And this is the thing: I think you look into cutting Preston Smith at this time. I'll save you money, just because that saves well, what's you. What's a hit? That saves you about eight to ten million dollars of salary, and I think with that eight to ten, you could very easily re-sign Kevin King and Jamal Williams. Okay, so
0: Aaron, so is Aaron Jones not in the re-signing here?
2: I don't think they re-sign Aaron Jones.
0: Aaron Jones, uh, don't forget in twenty nineteen, I know you know things change so rapidly in the NFL. Twenty nineteen, Aaron Jones rushes for one thousand and eighty four yards, along with sixteen touchdowns. He had also forty nine receptions for four hundred and seventy four yards and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones was absolutely phenomenal in 2019. This year in 2020, he's had a couple quiet games in a row, but my God, that 77-yard run, that was his, uh, what, biggest rushing performance since week two, I want to say. Aaron Jones is a big focal point for the Packers' offense. I mean, when we talk about weapons, it's Devontae. We always say what? we got. Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams and then Aaron Jones, and then it drops off from there. Do you really think the Packers should not be signing Aaron Jones? I know the money gets a little tough because he's gonna demand a little more, but he's shown that he's like a you know, he's like a, a yes sir, no sir, thank you, says his P's and Q's, uh, you know, is very respectful, has shown that he loves to play for Green Bay, live in Green Bay area, yada yada yada. I mean the Packers, do they really want to go with losing their weapon in Aaron Jones? Isn't Aaron Jones the second weapon on the Green Bay Packers?
2: Well, to quote the Godfather, it's not personal, it's just business. I thought could, I'm gonna make him enough that he can't refuse. It's just business. The money you can you can in theory sign Corey Lindsley, Jamal Williams, and Kevin King most likely, with not re-signing Aaron Jones and uh, c- cutting Preston Smith, who has not lived up to that contract in year two. So you you could sign the those three. Move on
0: from Jones to sign th- th- instead of signing
2: one, you sign three. I think I think that's how they'd go about it. At least I think that's how I would look into going about it. I mean, look at Jamal Williams when Aaron Jones has been out has shown that. He can be a pretty pretty solid running back in the NFL. Yeah. He's the same age as Aaron Jones. You could sign him for, what, one-third, half the price of what you can get Aaron Jones? You know that you already used a second-round pick on A.J. Dillon, so you want him to play. You're going to use him to play. It's a second-round pick. You can't give up your first-round pick and your second-round <laughs> pick and not have him active.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's true. Man, Aaron Jones and, is so good, And though. at the same time, you keep – Corey Lindsley. You keep David Bakhtiari, both guys that are under 30 years old, locked up for another contract. You still have Elkin Jenkins on a cheap deal. You still have Billy Tenner- Turner under contract. You still would have John Runyan under contract. And I believe if they pick up the option, they'll still have uh Ricky Wagner under contract. I mean, they got a lot of depth. It just keeps your depth and keeps your offensive line. Good keeps Aaron Rodgers upright. And Hey, Brian Gutekunst, Let's use a high draft pick to select some, uh, some receivers or running backs or tight ends. Alright, Aaron Jones,
0: 26 years old. Huge, huge contributor last year for the Packers. Another big contributor this year for the Packers obviously is their second best weapon. But Rowdy, I saw this tweet a while ago. You don't pay Aaron Jones because he's a running back. You pay Aaron Jones because he's a running back and a wide receiver.
2: Do you agree with that? I get where they're coming from, but Do they really ask Aaron Jones to be split out in the slot? Or do they ask Aaron Jones to split out wide? I can only really remember that a few times last season when pretty much the whole receiving core was hurt, a.k.a. Devontae Adams was hurt, or the rest of the guys were out there trying to play the position we call receiver.
0: All right, before we get to the phones, um, there's this. Many other teams have paid running backs big money, and I don't know if it's really worked out. How about Todd Gurley? Remember when the Rams paid him big money?
2: The Rams paid Todd Gurley so much money, I think they still owe Clay Matthews money.
0: Yeah, because remember, Clay Matthews and both Todd Gurley were going (laughs) to sue the Rams for not paying a part of their contract that they were obligated to do. how can you even do that? How about the Arizona Cardinals and David Johnson?
2: No. Well, actually... Worked out pretty decent for the Cardinals years later because well, somehow they shipped him the to Houston and got DeAndre Hopkins, the best receiver in football. But outside of that, with yes, Bill O'Brien and terrible. Uh, how about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Le'Veon Bell? Didn't work out for him. Nope. He's now in Kansas City. Yep. Well, he went to the Jets, Jets first. And then but, said, this
0: sucks here. I'll get me to Kansas City.
2: Yes. So it wasn't worth it for the Jets to pay him out.
0: Has there can you think of a time where an NFL organization has paid a running back big time money in today's football? A P. And, and it has worked out AP.
2: But that was I guess probably closer to a decade ago. Yeah,
0: but what what did they win with him? Exactly. I mean, AP's a beast. I but would I mean, have paid the man, the, too. just the
2: value of the contract. Yeah, the AP's, player you got. AP's
0: that one dude in a million that comes around, and you're like, this guy is insane. We were talking about, you know, coming back from injury, of how it just AP's built different. All right, let's go to the phones. 608 321 1670, Twitter Zone, Madison. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? Max McGee. Hey, one second. Max McGee. One second, Charlie. Hey, who's this? Tommy. Hey, Tommy. What's up, brother?
4: Hey, listen, uh, What's the problem with just getting a team together and keeping them together for a little while? This thing about always changing parts. You know, chemistry is such a big deal.
0: Tommy, so. it's contracts, and people, when they do good, they want to get paid more money.
4: Yeah, the money thing is so wacky. I mean, it's totally out of our level of even thinking about how much money these guys make. funny money. But the idea that... Uh, you know, you finally get some guys that are doing something, so you get rid of them. I mean, come on. I'm so sick of that turnover.
0: Well, the Aaron Jones is going to be wanting more money, Tom, than what the Packers probably want to offer him. That's probably why you won't be seeing Aaron Jones back
2: at it. But who knows?
4: Who knows? But he's also pretty good. So, yeah, hey, whatever. Have a good day.
2: See you, Tommy. My I man. think the other one that comes to mind, didn't the Seahawks give Marshawn Lynch an, extent, an extension? Yeah, he did pretty well for he himself. He did pretty well. But, I mean, that's – Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. They're also two of the better running backs in the 2010 decade.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Uh, So, are are we anti-paying running backs money in the year of 2020, 2021 coming up?
2: Look at the guys that have gotten the money that you listed that are more recent. Other than that, other guys that are the big-time names, you have Elvin Kamara just signed. Yep. So, we'll see how that plays out. I love Alvin Kamara. I think he's a great player. Yep, same. But that contract was just signed. Yep. Christian McCaffrey just signed, was it last year, that huge extension? And he's already hurt. He's been hurt hurt almost all year. And
0: they're out out of anything. They're terrible.
2: And then uh, the other guy that has signed recently has to be Ezekiel Elliott. And he's leading in fumbles. This. Leading in fumbles, and his offensive line is decimated. Well, but he looks sucks. disinterested to be there. I yeah. mean, that's I at this point, that contract doesn't look. When great. Dak
0: Prescott broke his ankle, they said, "Screw this, we're
2: done." But the other thing with Aaron Jones is being a running back that's 26 years old. That's going to be making his second contract. What do we know about great running backs? If you are trying to make your money in the NFL as a running back, you have a short you have a short shelf life. You're done by 30 if you're a good one. Oh, then for also, the most part, yeah, but. But the thing is, he needs to cash in now, so he's got to get his most money right now as he turns 26. He's going to ask for a long-term deal because he knows he wants that financial security over the long totally. haul. He's probably going to want four or five years. Packers would probably want to give him the money if it was, I don't know, two, three years.
0: Right. And here's the other thing. Why did the Packers take A.J. Dillon in the second round? Someone's, there, there's a reason why they took a running back in the second round. And A.J. Dillon. And it's
2: because at least one of those running backs isn't coming back.
0: Uh, let's see here. Corey just me, messaged me on uh, Facebook. Says, Morning, Ebo. What's up, Corey? Tell Nelson that the Packers need to use a high draft pick on a linebacker that can go from side to sideline and can cover along with the uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Well, yeah, it's like, definitely. Rowdy, what do you think about that one? I think that's. I think, I think Corey's su- on something. own. I here. think
2: surprisingly, Kamal Martin's played decently well. Yeah, he looked
0: pretty good uh, Sunday against the Eagles.
2: Christian Kirksey, man, He'd been injured. You know
0: that was that was one of those deals where it's like because it was cheaper, right? And it's like, okay, if he turns out to be pretty good, the Packers look and Brian Gudikunz look like a genius. But
2: I I feel like everyone could agree that their top three picks next year should easily be defensive line, linebacker, and probably receiver.
0: <laughs> yes, um, it's been two years in a row now that Brian Gudikunz has not drafted a wide receiver. Like I'm
2: not against taking a linebacker or a defensive line. I just want a skilled position. High. I don't want to take another backup quarterback. I don't want to take the third string quarterback that's Dude, not even active on most weeks. If Goody gets another quarterback. Oh, my I God. don't want to take a running back in the second round again. I mean, you've already done that and you're, you're probably going to be, be stuck with two of the three backs you currently have. Well, think about the it. The tight end position has been what they've needed it to be, but what do we continue to, to complain about? It's the receiving core, right? We keep saying, oh, Devontae Adams is great. But then we go, Alan Lazard looks like he's coming along, but then he gets hurt and he's out most of the season. Yeah. Well, Devin Funchess might be an all right guy to have as your second or third receiver. He opts out. Well, maybe MVS can step up. Yeah, MVS can step up. And then that very same game, two plays later, he takes a step back. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's MVS, right?
2: And then the same thing with St. Brown. Well, the guy looks like he's got some talent. The guy looks like he can play. Yep, he does at some point, but he also can't stay on the field healthy. Yeah, And then every other receiver that they've pretty much had on the roster has been a guy that's jumped around from practice squad to practice squad to practice squad for a reason. He's just not that great.
0: We're going to talk more about it tomorrow, and I'm working to get someone on who covers the team. It's kind of hard to do. The Wisconsin Badger basketball team was supposed to do the Big Ten ACC Challenge tomorrow at the Kohl Center uh, playing against Louisville. Louisville had a little COVID-19 uh, across their program. I think one guy has it, and they're just uh, being safe. Last time I checked. But on short notice, they were able to reschedule the game. Uh, Louisville actually might play them Sunday now, on Re- uh, loose reports. But on Wednesday, instead of Louisville, Rhode Island. The Rams of Rhode Island coming to the Kohl Center on short notice. Rowdy, what do we think of Rhode Island? By the way, Rhode Island? All right, check this out. Rhode Island is 3-1 uh, in the season. Rhode Island beat San Francisco. You're like, all right, what's so big about that? San Francisco basketball earlier this year beat Virginia. Rhode Island beat San Francisco. Therefore, Rhode Island better than Virginia since they beat San Francisco. Who beat Virginia? A nice little get for the Badgers, Rowdy. What do you think of Rhode Island coming to that?
2: Yeah, I actually like it. I think it's a it's a unique matchup that you really don't see, right? Yep. And the fact that Rhode Island is a good A-10 team, I mean, they've won the A-10. They've appeared in the uh, NCAA tournament. They've won games in the NCAA tournament. They're kind of a sneaky, uh, decent team. You just mentioned they are 3-1. and one. They've beaten some decent teams. Yeah, they've beaten- I like the scheduling, especially in a pinch where you're coming up on a week where all of a sudden the one game you're supposed to play this week gets canceled and you're kind of sitting there going, what are we going to do? You find Rhode Island, a solid basketball team, and uh, I love it. The Badgers will get another measuring stick to see where they're at. I mean, they beat up the three clown teams that they played <laughs> and they lost to the first decent, respectable basketball team that they played in Marquette on the road. It's kind of now a, bring in a another, clowns, bring in another respectable team that could both yeah, potentially like be NCAA tournament teams and see where you're at. Because the Badgers need to get back on track. Yeah, it's a, this is a nice
0: game for the Badgers. Uh, Rhode Island, the first game of the season, lost to Boston College, 69 to 64. And then they went on three games in a row, beating South Florida, 84 to 68. San Francisco, San Francisco beat Virginia earlier this year, 84 to 71. And then they beat Seton Hall, 76 to 63. So Wisconsin says, hey, ain't no time to feel sorry for ourselves about Louisville canceling the game because of COVID 19, which, uh, I, like I said, I think is getting rescheduled. They welcome in.
2: The Rams well, I mean, of Rhode Island. I mean, just look at that. You named South Florida, San Francisco, Seton Hall. Yep. Now and they play Boston College very close. Obviously, South Florida and Seton Hall are bigger D1 programs. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, obviously not so much. But like you said, they beat Virginia, so they are got to be an all right team this year. Yep. But you'll see teams like... South Florida, or Seton Hall make the NCAA tournament, especially Seton Hall out of the Big East. Yeah. They'll make the NCAA tournament before. That's an A-10 team that went in and beat them. So Rhode Island, good test for the Badgers. Uh, good
0: way for them to get uh, you know back at it after losing to Marquette. So the Badgers, if they would have had that week off, I would have been pretty perturbed about that just because – Sitting in and stewing about that loss, and then you're back to just practicing yourself again because they don't play. They wouldn't have played again till what next Wednesday if
2: Yeah. they didn't so have this Wednesday they game. They were supposed. To, obviously, they were supposed to play Louisville on Wednesday before rescheduling Rhode Island. Well, if that was canceled, they would have played Friday night against Marquette, yeah. and then you would have had a full week off, and then played the following Wednesday against Northern Iowa. Yeah. Who,
0: yeah, by
2: Northern the way, Iowa, is also not a bad yeah, team. Northern
0: not. Northern Iowa is not bad. Uh the Badgers I think have now dropped to thirteenth in the nation after their loss to Marquette. Oh, the mighty have fallen. Uh almost what were they ranked before? Four? Almost ten spots. So Badgers kind of fallen a little bit, but that's fine. It's a long season. And I saw the um the AP top twenty five for college basketball. A lot of big ten flavor dude uh in the top there. Yeah, Michigan
2: State now in the top four.
0: Yeah. Michigan State, I mean, always good. You have Gonzaga number one, but Gonzaga has what canceled their next four games, correct? Yeah, COVID nineteen. Ah, and they Baylor too.
2: Yeah, a lot of people were looking forward because Gonzaga was supposed to play Baylor. That was one versus two.
0: Yeah, uh, that was going to be a good game, but that got canceled. So Gonzaga still won, Baylor number two. Uh, Gonzaga right now three and zero, Baylor three and zero. Then Iowa sits at number three, three and zero. Michigan State up four spots. All the way, you know, they had, they beat Duke right uh, on the road. Michigan State vaults up to number four in the nation now, sitting at five and zero. Uh, their last win was against what? Western Michigan, seventy-nine to sixty-one. The Jayhawks, of Kansas, move up two spots to uh, number five, and then Illinois drops Freaking down to one. Freaking Kansas, <laughs> yeah, they burned us on the action zone.
2: Bet on them, and they look like trash in the first half, but they still win the game, needed another bucket.
0: And then Illinois moves down one to six. So let's see in the top ten. You have Iowa 3, Michigan State 4, Illinois 6. And then uh, rounding out, Wisconsin tied at 13th with Texas. And then Rutgers is 21st, Ohio State 22. And then others receiving votes. Let's see, goes to Michigan, Indiana. Ooh, Marquette's receiving votes now. And Maryland. So Big Ten looking stacked, dude. My question, though, but is... But we've
2: known that the last few years in Big yeah, Ten basketball. The Big Ten has been really good. Big Ten's probably been the best conference in basketball the last two, three years. Uh, I have comments from Even Greg Even though they Gard. can't somehow find a way to win a championship. Yeah. But they always have a bunch of quality teams. All right,
0: so here's comments from Greg Gard. Greg Gard's talking about here uh, of getting Rhode Island to come uh, tomorrow.
6: Here you go. What I didn't want to have happen was not have Louisville on Wednesday. And then we're hoping, and I guess hope is the best word I can use because I don't know how their testing protocol will go and the results for the rest of the week, Louisville, that we can play them late on the weekend maybe. But I didn't want to have Wednesday not happen and the weekend not happen. And here we are sitting two almost two weeks without a game.
0: Yeah, that would be tough for the Badgers. Good on Gardo and uh, the schedulers for getting it done on such a Short notice. Uh, here's more from Garda, not wanting to travel for a game and why Rhode Island made sense.
6: And I know being at home doesn't guarantee it. It's not foolproof. It's not guaranteed that you're not going to have some issues. But traveling adds an element to it that I just felt, you know what, with Rhode Island, it's a really good team from a good league, and we can do it. fits the right date where we want it. Wednesday is better than Tuesday. Not knowing what's going to come behind it yet, it was the right move to make, given the amount of time you know, we had to make the decision in.
0: Uh, one more from Gardo. He talks about, uh, well, why like getting Rhode Island is such a good get.
6: These guys want to play, and that's important, and we need to see really good competition to keep learning and growing. But we're also running out of dates to get seven games in. So I think to be able to get Rhode Island in such at the 11th hour like this, a really good team, a really good program terrific players you know I think that's a, as about as good as it could get given the, the short notice we had to work with
0: so the rescheduled game so the Big Ten ACC challenge obviously there's a it's hard to do when you can't play the game right well apparently Garda was looking into them playing against Louisville on Sunday
6: and the intention is to hopefully I mean the target is to play Louisville Sunday if things go well for the rest of the week it won't happen before then. But it's also not guaranteed then either because we don't know what's going to happen on their end uh, through the remainder of the week while they're on on pause.
0: It's kind of nice because the Badgers still had that one remaining game to fill their schedule, if I remember correctly. So Rhode Island comes in and then maybe can reschedule hopefully Sunday against Louisville. I thought Louisville would be a nice little test for the Badgers too. Rhode Island's not a bad team. When you hear Rhode Island, do you think good basketball? When you hear Rhode Island, what do you even think about? What comes to your mind when you hear Rhode Island?
2: Honestly, really nothing.
0: Yeah, same. So Rhode Island <laughs> really though nothing. I, I don't even know like what, what's what it's a state. What good comes out of Rhode Island? I have no idea. I don't even know. I guess a basketball team in the Rams. So good on uh, Gardo and the Badgers for getting it done. Guard says they do have some really good players on that team.
6: Obviously you don't have to dig too far to figure out Bats Russell is the real deal and guard play is really good and two transfers are from Maryland, kid from Syracuse. So they've they've got some really good players. You know what's
0: Hard to do, Rowdy, is finding someone that covers Rhode Island basketball. I found I found two guys. Both are retired. I think I found one that does cover the Rams. I'm working on to get him on the show tomorrow because I don't know anything about Rhode Island basketball. Do you know anything about Rhode Island basketball besides they make the tournament once in a while?
2: Yeah, they play in the Atlantic 10. They're a yeah. decent A-10 team that makes the NCAA tournament once in a while, and they can be a pesky team. And, 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 for a smaller, and they want to play. For a smaller Division One conference, they're not a bad team at all.
0: And they want to play, so there you go. All right, coming up,
2: I want to switch gears. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what uh, RJ said? I think of Lamar Odom. When I think of Lamar Odom, I think more of closer to the Vegas woman with sushi. But yeah. Not sushi. I
0: think of Lamar Odom at the Bunny Ranch, literally partying
2: to the point of knocking on death's door. And then after I get past all of that episode, then I kind of think of his Laker days. Same. But I mostly just think about him partying with
0: hookers. And also, speaking of hookers, him with the Kardashians. Yeah, then
2: the Kardashians creep in there. Then I just don't even want to
0: think about it then I just get a little... Yesterday came out uh, a report as Major League Baseball informs teams... That the plan for the universal DH is not happening. There is no plan for the universal universal DH in 2021. You know what that
2: means, Brewer fans. No Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun. The odds of him coming back have just greatly decreased.
0: So yeah, I agree with you on that one because Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun's not going to be wanting to uh, be playing for peanuts either when it comes to the Brewers. I I am imagining Ryan Braun plays somewhere in a warm weather climate. Probably somewhere I don't know, California would the Angels take him? Would like where do you see where do you, or Florida? Where do you foresee Ryan Braun you know ending up if he doesn't just hang it up all together? Yeah,
2: so Ryan Braun when the Brewers had him and he had his no trade clause. Remember the only teams that he kept uh, Padres were California teams. Yeah, obviously California is home for Ryan Braun, so California teams make sense. Obviously there's not a large number of them, yeah. so that extremely limits where he can go and or the teams that would even be willing to sign him.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yes, you you'd narrow it down to California teams. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I can just see Ryan Braun playing for the New York Yankees. Now, it doesn't make sense at all. What? It doesn't make sense at all. But for some reason, I can see him in pinstripes. <sighs> I mean, I mean, the, the Yankees are no stranger Yankees, to throwing Yankees, around the Yankees, money. The Yankees are absolutely stacked in the outfield. So that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you're looking at DH, they have plenty of other players that could fill that role too, and probably could do it better than Ryan Braun could at this point. Yeah. But I don't know. There's just, for some reason I can see Ryan Braun in pinstripes. Would you have that like a fever dream, or
0: is your beard hair growing into your brain?
2: Or the most likely one, Ryan Braun just retires.
0: Well, okay. I mean, I could see a warm weather one. Pa- a lot Twitch chat ever saying Padres. Could you see Padres going Ryan Braun?
2: I mean they did they did just uh get rid of so, some of their players. I mean maybe but how much he, how much are these teams going to be willing to pay Ryan Braun? He's he's not available.
0: Well, I, I, there's that and also how much does Ryan Braun want? Cuz you know he's not going to sign for no veteran minimum. Ryan Braun's going to be de- like, demanding money. How, it's much, Ryan Braun.
2: how much are these teams going to be willing to pay Ryan Braun to essentially unless you have a terrible outfield, be a fourth outfielder? and or a DH.
0: Okay, so let, okay, so Major League Baseball is informing teams to plan for no universal and, DH in 2021. And, so Ryan Braun is not going to DH yeah, but, for the Brewers like he did this year. But that could still
2: be an American League team. Yeah. Yes, yes it could. But, but also, not an team. when you sign Ryan Braun, you have to look at his health and the history of his health. And basically, since 2013, uh, post that suspension, his health and his number of games haven't been very good. And you would be literally signing... Like I said, if you don't have a very good outfield, maybe he could be an outfielder. But if you have an all right outfield, you're signing a fourth outfielder that would now be, what, 35, 36 years old? Yeah. He has health issues. And if it's a 162 game season, which it should be, there's no reason for it not to be. You only can guarantee he'll be there for like 100.
0: Yeah. I mean, we see the writing on the wall, right? So, looking at here around the league, though, for the uh, to plan for no universal DH
2: and and people that are going to be like, oh, bring Ryan Braun back to the Brewers, it would have to be for such minimal money. Look, if go look at how the Brewers roster gets broken down with where they're spending their money. Pretty much all the money that they're spending, that whole sixty-eight million, is in the outfield. It's Lorenzo Cain, who's due, I believe, about sixteen million. It's uh, Christian Yelich, who I believe's is uh, due just under 13, if I remember correctly. And that's the last year before he gets that contract extension that bumps him up over 25. Yeah. And don't forget that they also have Avisel Garcia, who they signed last year, who he gets a bump in money, which I believe is just under 11 million. That's a lot of money between those three. That's nearly $40 million out of that 68 million that are for those three players. Yeah, dude, it's uh <laughs> think about that. That's, that's a lot of money in just the outfield. Do you really want to sign Ryan Braun to be a fourth outfielder for $5 million when you have other positions that you need to attend to? Look at the Brewers roster. But third they and don't third have base, a first third base. baseman right now. Yeah. They need questions. They need a lot of catchers. They have Daniel Vogelbach who currently is their first baseman that Yeah, he's played a little bit of first base, but primarily has been a DH in his career. They, yeah. They have, right now, their starting third baseman is po- probably Luis Urias, who by trade is a shortstop middle infield.
0: <laughs> All right, let's go to the phones really quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got?
4: This is Thomas.
0: Hey, Thomas, what's up, dude?
4: Well, I'm just thinking the Bruce traded away Corey Knievel, so they should have that money right back to fill in a spot with Ryan Braun.
0: You want Brownie to stay forever, Thomas?
4: Braun is going to be there until he's 50.
0: What are you going to do if he's wearing a different uniform?
4: Oh boy, I don't know. Would you
2: root for that other team?
4: I don't. It depends which team.
2: Would you Would you wear the jersey? Thomas, question: If Ryan Braun theoretically played till he was fifty, over or under <laughs> the amount of games he would play, set at 50?
0: fifty?
4: Fifty. It'd be way over.
2: <laughs> I would set it at over
0: under fifty games. He,
4: Cody.
0: Total. Thomas
4: Ryan Braun would be playing like. A hundred games a season, and so if he's playing till he's fifty, that's like fifteen seasons. <laughs> That'd be like fifteen hundred, right? Something like that.
0: Math on the fly, baby. Let's go, Thomas.
4: He's gonna be hitting like two eighty with like thirty home runs that he's capable of doing, which we all know. And and I mean, Nelson Nelson tries to like deny that he can do that, but we all know he can do it because I mean, if you look at the stats of his whole career, you can just tell that he can do it.
0: Uh, Thomas, what if Ryan Braun goes to the Padres and he's buddies, uh, chums, with Manny Machado? What do you do?
4: Oh. Oh, Big oof. I hate the Padres. All right.
0: So no Padres for Braun. I'll I'll pass along the message to Brownie, okay, Thomas? Huh? I'll pass the message along to Braun to let him know how you feel, okay? Okay. I know he's listening right now, so he he knows. I
4: know he'll listen to you, but he probably won't listen to me, though.
0: Thomas, he's listening right now to all of us, so there is that. So say hi hi to Braun before
2: I let you go.
4: Hi, Braun.
2: (laughs) See you, Thomas. (laughs) <laughs> Could right. you imagine, Ryan Braun? So, you know when your dad would go out and have a catch with you out in the yard? Hey, son, he's you want to have a catch? He's probably trying to sit on a bucket. He's probably not too eager if you short hop him to really, to really go stop it. If you if you throw it over his head, he's probably not too eager to jump up and get it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine Braun at 50? That guy would Just, have uh... like a... Oblique strain and being a wheelchair. <laughs> He's like, all right,
0: all right, little, all right, little Nelly, you got to throw it right to me. I don't want to move. Just throw it right in the mitt, right here. I'm not moving.
2: <laughs> when we were when we were in uh, seventh grade pony league, we had three teams, split into three teams, which never should have happened because they were spread so thin. There should have been two. But anyways, we had a a coach who was like a, a dad that was like a helper. You know, he, he wasn't the coach or the the assistant coach, but he was kind of like the guy that would help. Yeah. He would always do uh, the outfield for outfield drills and if you didn't hit him right here in the mitt you threw it a little low no effort to scoop it you had to <laughs> you, go get it if you threw it high no effort to really reach it above his you know shoulder and then you had to this run and go get it. This is when you were
0: in this is when you're a little kid Yeah we were like 13ish Did you ever think how old was the guy?
2: Eh, probably at the time like mid-40s. You think he just hung over from the night before? He's
0: like, oh, <laughs> damn it.
2: It was just hilarious, because it was like, if you didn't put it right there on his mitt, there was absolutely no effort to get it. He's and like, they he'd be like, well, you know, Johnny's up uh, Get next. your cardio you go in. Get it. Go get your cardio in, <laughs> little Jimmy. I ain't moving. I had too many butt lights last night.
0: Thanks again to our guy, Troy, the pipeline of the north, for the wonderful Christmas gift he sent uh, Nelson and I. I found his address. Troy, from Sturgeon Bay. I always screw up all my Dora counties up there. Sturgeon Bay. Thank you, Troy.
2: Appreciate it. My man. I knew it was a bay because you always say Fish Creek. Yeah. And then he always says insert bay, and I couldn't remember which one it was. Sturgeon Bay. Three. All right, Nelly. So, I think you just like visiting Fish Creek.
0: Well, I mean, they're all like together up there. It's all just a like, hop, skip, and a jump. Dora County, fun stuff, man. All right, so uh, speaking of things that I don't know how fun it is. Uh, you, qu- you had t- quoted this tweet on your Twitter account at Rowdy underscore Razor, and I chuckled because I thought the same thing. Buster only tweeted out about the NL Central uh, uh, money-wise. He says, out of the NL Central, the Reds are cutting payroll. The Cubs are cutting payroll. The Cardinals are managing payroll. The Pirates are rebuilding. And the Brewers, he proclaims, Buster only. The Brewers are, quote, managing payroll. Um, aren't the Brewers cutting? <laughs> aren't the Brewers cutting payroll? Managing
3: payroll M- for the man. Milwaukee
2: Brewers. What is Buster only looking at?
0: What is, has he been drinking with Charlie? That Buster only dip into the ice what? house that Charlie's now
2: into? Um, I, I, how, okay. that, how could you say this as managing payroll? I mean, if we're going to look at this in a certain way, I guess we can say they're adding payroll, right? Because technically their salary cap was only or their sal- team salary was only about $41 million because everyone was paid about 37% of what it was. Yeah. So technically, they're going to pay more, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But no, no, no. If this was a full 162-game season last year in 2020, <laughs> the Brewers' payroll would have been about $112 million. Yes. This year in 2021, the current payroll is... A little below sixty-nine million dollars. Nice. It's sixty-eight and change. We'll I don't up know, sixty-nine. I nice. don't know how you can go from one hundred and twelve million to sixty-eight million and say it's
0: <laughs>
4: His managing, managing payroll. payroll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I would whatever he's smoking. I'd like to try some of it. If you could talk me you into know, the Brewers are managing their payroll by just slashing well, hey, year in and year out, yeah, I'm, I'm down.
2: If you can go down about $43 million and call it managing payroll, now they're going to sign some people, so they're not going to sit at $68 million, Yeah, but they're not going to get remotely close to the $112 million. No. I don't foresee that happening. No, neither do I. I mean... The owner and David Stearns have both been vocal about how they only have a limited supply of money this upcoming year because of COVID and because of not having fans in the stands and because of not probably being able to start the season with fans in the stands. But let's just think of it. If we're, look, we're talking in Buster only turns, he says a 43 million dollar. Downgrade in salary is managing, managing payroll. payroll. Then how come if you were at 112 million and you spent 43 million, which obviously that would put you at about 155 million? How could 155 million of a salary not be considered <laughs> managing <laughs> payroll? Because I'd like to see him spend 155. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Well, that's not happening. No. <laughs> no way in hell. No. What? I think it was a couple years ago. I think uh, our guy Becker and myself, or maybe it was another buddy, and I was talking hey, to Becker. him about. And it was uh, the 2019 season where they really expanded their their wallets. You know, they're like, "Oh, we're at 135 ish million dollars." Mm-hmm. That was their their salary for their team. And we were talking about how, yeah, that's the biggest the Brewers have ever spent. They're going for it this year. They they kept uh, we're going Roustakis. all day, Let's go. They signed Grundahl. Like they're going for it this year. And Someone posed a question. I think it was Becker, but I can't remember for sure. How much do you think the Brewers could actually shell out there yeah. if they wanted to and still make a little bit of a profit? Yeah, not like kill themselves. And my answer, which I thought at the time doing some math, crunching some numbers, I thought my max out answer for the Brewers, if they were going to be competitive, shell out money, and people were going to come and watch it, 150 million. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought they could max out at. Yeah. Sixty-eight millions of Far Cry <laughs> from one fifty. <150. laughs> uh Buster, only whatever you're smoking, pass it, bro. Like like for the for the Yankees this last year, they were the highest uh paid team. And we were talking about in a good one sixty 160, one hundred and sixty two game season, yeah. my opinion was the Brewers max out at 150 million for a 162 game season before COVID, before all this nonsense. In the before times. The Yankees, which paid all of their players 37% of what they would have originally made made. in the 162-game season, their salary cap was still over $110 million. That's just
0: insane. It is
2: insane. And we're talking about how it would be nice if the Brewers in a normal season would shell out their max of 150.
0: It's just wild. (laughs) I
2: think there was three or four teams that The money is just wild. All last season spent over hundred million dollars, and that was thirty-seven percent of what they would have originally spent.
0: I say Brewers, best of luck, man. Best of luck with that. Let's sort of the I'm just really hoping quick. they get
2: above like I don't know ninety now this yeah, year, right?